Thanks for joining us today on our online campus as you get ready to hear another message from Evangel. We ask that you prepare your heart and let God speak to you in your life. And if God has been using this ministry to touch your life, we ask you that you send us an email at etag.tv and also worship through giving uh, to help support this ministry so that others can hear messages just like this one all around the world.
have a word for someone. It may be someone watching on live stream or it may be someone in the sanctuary. But through praising God, God wants to bring deliverance into your life. The devil has tried to shut down your praise and to steal your, your praise and thanksgiving from the Lord. What kept coming to my mind about three or four different times in this service when Pastor John got up and he read to us Psalms 150 about praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in the mighty, His mighty firmament, praise Him for His mighty acts. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Immediately the Holy Spirit reminded me of the beggar that was positioned at the gate beautiful in Acts chapter 3. Remember we're to enter into His gates and into his courts. There's something about being in the gates and the courts that when praise and thanksgiving is erupting, miracles happened at the beautiful gate. And the Holy Spirit showed me that. I've never really thought about that, but it's you enter into his courts and enter to his gates. You've got to come before you get into the holy of holies. Praise and thanksgiving were important to get into his Shekinah. But that's where the miracle took place, was in the gates and in the, the courts. And that's where the beggar was healed. And don't ever let the devil steal your praise. Don't ever let the devil steal your thanksgiving before God because God's wanting to perform a miracle in your life as you're just seated at the gate beautiful. You may be asking alms at the gate beautiful, but he's got something better than alms, amen. He wants to give you legs, amen. I want you to lift up your hands. Come on, all over this room and let's sing this one more time and praise the Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise and all of the everyone find the scriptures the holy word of God and turn to 1st Kings chapter 18 while we're preaching you want to keep in prayer what is going on in the Middler school department right now that room is packed jammed to capacity and we want to believe for Holy Ghost revival to fall 
in the midst of our junior high students. Amen? I need three men, not the same three from last week because I don't want you to miss the word, but three different men that will go to the choir room behind stage just right out this door to my right and you'll pray while the word is being preached. J.D. will be one, okay. Need two other men that will go pray. Okay, Dave. All right, one other man. Anywhere? Just right on out, follow J.D., Dave. One more man. Jimmy, okay, thank you. Amen. Thank you. I want you all to intercede for the word as it goes that it will be seed planted. Amen. Praise God. First Kings chapter 18, today part two of the message, Fire God. Fire God. First Kings 18 verse 17, it came to pass when Ahab saw, everybody say saw saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art he that art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. Somebody say amen. amen. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered not a word. That's why I wanted you to respond. If God be God, I want you to respond and do something that even God's people didn't respond to there. You may be seated. Please keep your Bibles open. We're talking about fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost is more important than ever in America. We have allowed our churches to become complacent and to forget the fact that Jesus is coming soon. God is trying to awaken the church in this hour with a fresh wind, with a fresh outpouring of His Holy Spirit. Jesus is coming soon. And that is not old news, that is good news. Can somebody say amen? The signs of the times are reminding us of the coming of the Lord and its nearness. Every week we see things taking place in the news around us that remind us of the soon return of Christ. I watched both of the massive earthquakes this week, over 6.5, each one of them that took place this week, along with many, many other smaller earthquakes. And I thought, Lord, there are signs right here on our television screen, on our computers, reminding us what you said would be true in the last days. I watched the attack unfold against Israel and all that was going on there from Hezbollah and Hamas uh, to bring attacks towards Israel and the 700 rockets and all of the people scurrying for the bomb shelters and, and, and trying to protect their families. And, and, and yet my heart was once again reminded of the soon return of Christ. God's heart in these last days is revival. God's heart in these last days is for the Spirit of God to be poured out because it's God's heart that none be lost. Can you say amen? That all come to repentance. 
In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses to Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, the uttermost parts of the earth. And so God was interested in the whole world hearing the gospel. That not any man perish into the lake of fire. Eternal damnation which was prepared for the devil and his angels. You see the eventual fire that will take place at the end of time was not prepared for man. But the eventual fire was prepared for Lucifer and the fallen angels. But man by his own choosing chooses that fire over the fire of God. Can somebody say amen? We cannot afford as the church to be without the fire of God in our life. If we are not burning with God's holy fire, we might as well go back into the world, friends, because you've allowed the world to taint that fire and put the holy fire out in your life. We need men today like Charles Finney in the pulpits of America that had the fire of God in his life and preached with the fire of God. And God used Charles Finney and God used many others that stirred up and fanned into flame the fires of revival to see the church not under the influence of worldly fire, but baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Last week in part one, we finished exploring the life of Solomon, one who had experienced the holy fire of God, one that built the temple, one that worshiped in the temple, and one that saw the priest fall at the fire and the presence and the Shekinah glory of God. But Solomon backslid. Everybody say backslid. He lost God's holy fire. When you lose God's fire in your life, God's fire, you will embrace worldly fire. When you lose the touch of God and God's holy presence in your life, you will begin to justify the gods of fire of this world. And because it says very clearly, Solomon's heart was no longer perfect before the Lord, he embraced a fire God into his life. When your heart is no longer perfect before the Lord, your passions will rage within you. Come on. It's getting quiet in this house. Amen. When you lose the touch of God, you will, you will embrace Molech. And this is exactly what Solomon did. He embraced Molech, the God of fire. And before they knew it, they were sacrificing their children in the fire. You will sacrifice your children to the passions of of this old world if you don't maintain the holy fire of God in your life. Listen to me, church, and listen to me, every dad and every mom. If you don't maintain and fan into flame and keep the flame of God hot, red hot in your life, you will embrace the worldly fires and those lustful fires and those things of this world, and they will cause you to even sacrifice your children to the fire. Keep your heart right. Solomon's whole story shows us keep your heart right before God. We looked at Abram last week. How that Abraham prepared the animals at the altar of sacrifice. He got everything ready. He built the altar. He divided the animals, put them on the altar. But then the fowls came to steal his worship. Came to steal his sacrifice. Listen to me. Fowls will come to steal your worship. The devil will send a foul spirit the devil will send a foul person. The devil will send a foul situation to steal your worship. You need to shoo it away. 
You need to shoo whatever wants to steal your worship of your God. If there's anything we learned from Abraham in that passage last week, is keep your worship before God pure and don't let anything steal your worship. I'm telling you last night, the Holy Ghost fell in this house on Sunday night and towards the end of the service, someone came into this service uh, as we were worshiping God and began to do all kinds of obscene gestures and, and antics. And, and I said, that is a foul, I, that rose up in my spirit, that is a foul trying to steal unadulterated worship before God. And we're not going to have it in the house of God. Nothing's going to steal our worship. We're going to worship God in spirit and we're going to worship God in truth. And we're going to shoo away any spirits that would come to steal our worship. Shoo them away. Keep your worship going up to God. We looked at Moses and God called Moses two times. Moses, Moses, draw near, pull off your shoes for your own holy ground. God was speaking to him out of a bush on fire, but that bush was not being consumed. Keep your fear and reverence of the things of God. Moses didn't just walk up and touch the bush and decide, I'm going to check this bush out. I'm going to, you know, he didn't just keep his sandals on. When God said, you're on holy ground, he took his shoes off and bowed down before that burning, burning bush experience. It reminds to us in this day and in this hour, don't touch what God says don't touch. Reverence and fear the things of the Lord. Today we're looking at Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18, and I want you to watch this with verse 17. The nation was sharply divided. Everybody say divided. The king and many of the leaders of the nation endorsed false gods and worshiping of Baal. Israel was no longer a nation that trusted in God. They had, listen to me very carefully. Listen to the sim, 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 similarities. They had taken the Torah out of their school system. They weren't embracing the word of God. The statutes, the commandments. They had taken the, the scriptures out of their school systems. They were aborting and sacrificing their children to false gods. No longer was temple worship important. In fact, as Hebrew says, they were forsaking the assembling of themselves together as the manner of some seeing the evil day approaching. No longer were the Ten Commandments reverenced and revered and feared and honored. The entertainment and the arts had become gods that appealed to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye. And men began to worship the creature rather than the creator. Everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. And God had sent a sign to the nation. Three and a half years of drought. They even wanted in God we trust off of their money and their currency. Somewhere America needs to rise up in this hour and we need to declare we want God back in America. God turned them over to the imaginations of their own hearts. King Ahab, look at verse 17. King Ahab saw Elijah. I pray that in the summer of 2014, the rulers and the leaders of America from the mayors to the governors 
to the House of Congress, to the Supreme Court justices, to the White House. I pray that leaders of America will see prophets of God that will stand up and declare, thus saith the Lord. At some point, Ahab saw Elijah. And may the leaders of America see men and women preaching the word of God, standing true to the holy word of God in this hour. Where are the men and women, the prophets of God that will stand and speak to the leaders? Ahab was the worst king in the nation's history. But he came in confrontation with one of the greatest prophets of the nation's history. Now, Ahab had learned a lesson from a prior predecessor, a previous king. Watch this. King Jeroboam dared touch the prophet of God, and when he did, his hand withered before him. Ahab dare not lay a hand on Elijah. Watch when you touch what God's doing or the prophet of God. Ahab immediately, however, accuses all of Israel's problems on Elijah. He puts the blame on Elijah. This is where the world around us is headed, friends. The world is blaming the church. Our world is blaming the church of Jesus Christ and the message of Jesus. They want us to water down. They want us to compromise. They're saying it is bringing division. Friends, what Elijah says, oh no, it's not me that's troubling Israel. It's you and not following the commandments of the Lord that have troubled and brought all this upon Israel. I'm here to declare it's not the church's fault that America's having the problems it's got. It is the fact that we have voided the word of God. We have negated the truth of God's word. No longer are we bowing a knee to Jehovah God only. When people are groping in darkness, they'll point out that the light is the problem. And Jesus said, men love darkness because their deeds are evil. Elijah cast the blame in verse 18 right back on Ahab and God was about to vindicate Elijah. Amen. God will always vindicate his word. Verse 18, he says, you have, a, you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord. Ahab knew the Torah. He knew the statements, the rules, the, the commandments of the Torah. And yet the Bible says he followed Baal worship. Baal was a god of fertility. When you don't have the Lord God Jehovah in your life, you need a God that's going to bless you. When you don't have Jehovah as Lord Jesus, as Lord over your life, you need another God that you can call on. That's why Solomon turned to other gods, a God of war, a God of, a God of, a God of fire, and a God of blessing or fertility. Baal was also a God. Ashtaroth was the goddess of fertility. Baal was a God of fertility. When you refuse to obey God's law and you no longer embrace his commandments in your life, you're going to need somebody you can call on for blessings. You're going to need someone you can call on to rise up and scatter your enemies. You're going to need someone that can rest his hand upon you. And so the nation turns to Baal worship. I'm declaring to America, we don't need all of these many gods. What we need to return to is fidelity to Jesus Christ as Lord. Jesus Christ is the only Savior and hope for our nation. We need to embrace our God once again in America and do this for our nation. Somebody shout amen. Point number two, verse 19. 
Elijah's challenge of fire. The prophets of Baal set up their sacrifices, set up their altar. They were on Mount Carmel. Everyone was summoned. All of these false prophets were gathered together. 450 Baal prophets and 450 of the groves that worshipped and ate with Jezebel. They were all summoned, but then the people were summoned. Everyone was brought to Mount Carmel so that they could see the contest of the gods. I've got news for you, friends. There's coming a contest. Mount Carmel overlooks the valley of Jehoshaphat. Mount Carmel overlooks where the battle of Armageddon. We stood there back in October looking on, down on that massive valley. And that's where the battle of Armageddon is going to be fought. One day there's going to be another battle of the gods that takes place there. And Jesus Christ, the fire God, is coming back with a sword in his hand and with a fire proceeding out of his mouth. And with it, the Bible says, he will smite the nation that he might rule them with a rod of iron. There was a showdown coming that day in Israel, there on Mount Carmel. Elijah declares, quit, quit following other gods. Stop having divided loyalty. Let the God that answers by fire, let him be God and be God alone. Let the God that answers by fire be attested to that he is the true God. Verse 26, the false prophets took their bullock and they cut it up and they put it up on the altar. And from morning, from nine, this is why, you know, the Jews believed in three hours of prayer each day. Nine, noon, and twelve. Nine, noon, and twelve. Nine, noon, and twelve. And at nine in the morning, they sacrificed the bullock. They divided the bullock. They put it on the altar. And then they began to call on Baal and their false gods. But nothing happened. After about three hours, Elijah begins to mock their gods. Oh, maybe your God uh, will hear you if you cry a little louder. Maybe he's talking to someone or he's running around or on vacation or asleep. Maybe you need to wake him up. I, I want to tell you, friends, your false gods cannot hear you and they cannot save you and they cannot deliver you. Quit putting your hope and your faith in the gods of this world. Your hand cannot save you in the time of trouble. And Elijah knew that their gods could not save them. Do I believe that the enemy of our soul has power? Yes, he has power. Could the devil have created fire on that altar? Sure, he could have created fire on that altar. The devil can counterfeit a lot of things that God does. But watch this. I believe behind the scenes, God had muted any ability. We know that Satan can counterfeit. But there's an untold story going on here. Because if the devil could have, he would have. But God said, you ain't touching this one. There comes a time when God arises from his throne. The psalmist said, let God arise and let all of his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and let all of his enemies be scattered. Let God arise. And that day he muted the prophets of Baal and he muted the gods of Baal. Baal worship would not be successful. The devil only has so much power and God limits that many times. But he could have brought fire from the lake of fire and from hellfire. He burns a many man with fires of passions and desires. Many a life is altered on an, an altar 
before Baal and before the gods of this world and they burn with fire and passions that are uh, uncontrollable that Satan has put there. I've seen those fires burn out of control in people's lives and God's wanting to deliver you from unholy fire and set your soul aflame with the Holy Ghost and fire. Look at verse 30. This is so important. He repaired the altar. In verse 30, it says, Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. There had been an altar on Mount Carmel. But it hadn't been used. Mama, I want to ask you, when was the last time that you used the altar of God? When was the last time that you came and bent your knee and bowed before the Lord and worshipped at the altar of God? I believe there needs to be altars in our homes. And there needs to be altars in our temple of worship. And these altars are not here uh, just for symbolic, uh, picturesque uh, uh, views by people watching. Friends, these altars are places where we can come and we can get on our faces and we can cry out to God and we can beseech the Lord God of heaven to answer in this hour when we need Him to show up. Don't forsake the altar. Somebody needs to hear me on this Sunday morning. You need to rebuild the altar in your home. You need to rebuild the altar in your life. There needs to be a prayer life to the saving of your household. He rebuilt the altar. And then he divides the sacrifice. He takes that old bullock and divides it and puts it up on that altar and he begins to pour water. Three times he pours water. You see, water is not going to stop the fire of God. Hallelujah. I'm about to run around this place because when God answers by fire, he's going to lick the water up. Amen? The evening sacrifice came. Three o'clock in the afternoon. Nine, noon, and three. At the time of the evening sacrifice was when the fire came. There may be a three o'clock prayer meeting this week that you attend or you're observing wherever you're at work or if you can't make it to the temple, to the church, but you're observing. It may be three in the afternoon one day this week when the fire of God falls and miracles happen in your behalf. I want you to look at verse 36 and verse 37. I want our worship team to come back. In verse 36, he prays a very simple prayer, and I want you to watch this prayer with me. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, there's less than 50 words in this prayer. They've been cutting themselves. You look at what they were doing, the prophets, false prophets. They had to cut themselves. I want to tell you, friends, you don't need to cut yourself any longer. There's one already been cut in your behalf. There's one that's been bruised. There's one that's had crown of thorn. You don't need to cut yourself anymore. Baal will not answer you. Baal will not help you. You don't need to cut yourself. You don't need to be mocked anymore. What you need to do is get a hold of Jesus Christ in your life and let him be Lord of your heart. And I'm telling you, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. He alone can destroy the yoke because he is the anointing. Praise a very simple prayer. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known. You see, he's already professing something. He's confessing something. Don't tell me, don't 
have positive confession. He's already saying, you're the God of Israel. They've been serving Baal, but he's calling them. He's calling those things which be not as though they were. Lord God of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, that I am thy servant, and I have done all these things, not at my word, but your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, that thou hast turned their heart back again. And then the fire fell. Watch this. He did not pray for fire. He built his altar. He got it all ready. He was acting in faith. Sometimes you just got to walk by faith. You got to take stances of faith. But he didn't pray for fire. It's not wrong to pray for fire. I believe we need more fire. And we're going to pray for Holy Ghost fire before we leave here. But he didn't pray for fire. He knew he had already heard the word of the Lord. And what he prays is God turn the hearts of Israel back towards you. There's a nation that needs to turn back towards our God. There's a family. You have loved ones that are distant. You have loved ones that are wayward. They need to turn their hearts. Don't just pray for the fire only. Elijah put everything in place. And he prayed, oh God, turn their hearts back towards you. God, visit America. Visit our families. How many have unsaved family members? Raise your hand. Pray that they'll turn back towards God. It says, then the fire of God fell and licked up all of the water, burned up the sacrifice. They fell on their faces. No flesh will glory in the presence of God. Flesh will be consumed. And Elijah slays the prophets of Baal. God arise and deal with all of the false prophets in America. God, deal with all of the prophets that are not preaching your word. Deal with all of the prophets that are not honoring the word of the Lord. Point number three, it's time for the church to arise. Jesus said in John 14, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. We're to heal the sick. We're to cast out devils. Freely ye have received, so freely give. That's what we're doing week by week. We're giving out living water. We're giving out the bread of life. We're ministering to people that are hurting, people that are broken. The devil has had them entrapped to the gods of this world. And their lives are being transformed. Dean, I want you to come. It's going to have to be real quick. I want you to tell what's happening in the juvenile shelters. The Lord closed the door for us at Tiger Success year and a half ago and the state shut that facility we'd been there for many years 15 years and the state shut that facility and we all claim when the state shut that facility that this was actually God just positioning us for more opportunities and now we're in five four five four and well, like he said he, the doors were shut with one but by September we're gonna be in four four juvenile facilities on the, on the third Saturday of every month, there's going to be three services going on at the same time. Every Sunday in three facilities, there's going to be a Sunday school class. But as I told Pastor Gary, we need some men to come alongside. I was reading in Matthew this morning, in chapter 9, he said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I need some men to go with me. 
I'll be here after service, and if you're interested in going in and touching the hearts of some young men that's never had any male role models in their lives, I want you to go with me. I want you to go with me. Pastor Gary doesn't even know it. This past week, I went into a mentor boy, and the story that he told me had me weeping that young men would have to visually see their father murder someone. And we wonder why they're hurting. I need your help. God's called us to do greater works in the city. God's called us to be involved in a harvest of souls, to work in the prisons, to work in the juvenile shelters. This is our calling. This is our anointing. Joe, we're called to lay hands on the sick, aren't we? You've seen God's healing power recently? Oh, he heals me. He heals me. I, I remember when the evangelist was here one time and I started up the steps. The Lord stopped me on that first step. He said, This was a few weeks ago, wasn't it? He told me, he said, don't go up there. He said, see Brother Cecil, see Pastor Cecil. I went to see him. He laid hands on me and I had a I had, had a problem before where I, I would get my head would just swell up. I mean, just feel like it was gonna bust. I just pass out. I never had it again. It hasn't happened again. They, I, I had a, another thing happen. I had sugar diabetes. He called sugar, out for sugar diabetes. I walked up there and he, he prayed for me. I have a problem when they, uh, the Lord touches, touches me. I just pass out. I just go. I don't know why, but I do. And uh, But the Lord healed me of sugar diabetes. I went to the doctor here a few weeks ago and he said, Who told you you had sugar diabetes? And uh, so we went through all that, and then he said, well, I don't have it. So see, the, the Lord has done all these. I have two scriptures that I try to go by. One of them is 1 Corinthians 10, 13, where it tells us that there's no temptation that's come upon us of what is common to man, but God will always provide a way with the cake. And then I know that he will. He will. And then I, I know that uh, another one, but it, it's a little bit too long. I, I don't want won't do it, but I'll show it, tell you where it's at. It's on uh, uh, Exodus, Exodus 15, 26. It says, it says I, um, I can't read it without my glasses. <laughs> it says, if you will diligently hearken unto If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do what is right in his sight and will listen to and obey his commandments and keep his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I just believe it. I believe it's true, and I believe God will do it. He's done it for me. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's stand all across this room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you, but you've got to make Jesus Lord. You've got to have a true fidelity of heart that there's no other gods but Jehovah. Friends, I want everybody in this room to denounce the idols and the false images over this nation that gets into our lives and gets into people's way. Why don't you lift your hands? And we, you need to denounce the false gods and confess the Lordship of Jesus all over this room, over your family, as the priest, as the head of your family. Come on, denounce that there's no gods but Jehovah. No passions but a passion for Christ. Come on, denounce the gods of this world. Baal has no authority over you. Baal has no authority over your children, your grandchildren. 
hallelujah. We confess your Lordship, Jesus, that you alone are Lord, that you alone are Savior, that you alone are God. We worship before you, Jesus. We worship before you, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need to pray at the altar, I want you to come from where you're standing. Move from all over this sanctuary, up in the balcony, the gallery, under the balcony, here towards the front. If you need to pray, if God's calling you back to your altar, I want all of our prayer team and prayer workers to come, our altar workers. If the Spirit of the Lord is beckoning to you to come to your altar and to pray, I want you to come bow down before the Lord right now. If you have failed, if you've fallen short of His glory in recent days, maybe you've embraced the lie of the devil, I invite you to come right now and repent before the Lord. Come on. If there's been a failure in your life, if there's been a sin in your life, and you've failed the Lord in the last few days or weeks, I want you to come make it right before God. This is part of sacrificing at the altar of God. Come on, make your way down here from up in the balcony. If you're not saved, I invite you to come. I want every person that is not saved, I want you to move from where you're standing right now. If you're not born again, if you're not sure that you're born again, I want you to make your way to the front. I want every prodigal, every prodigal, you've been running from God. Maybe you're a backslider. Your heart has not been perfect before the Lord like Solomon. The Holy Ghost is calling you right now. The Holy Ghost is beckoning to you. Come, 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 come. The Spirit and the Bride says come. I want everyone in this congregation that wants to pray for America, I want you to come to the front right now. You want to pray for this nation. This nation is on your heart. Everyone that wants to pray for our nation, I want you to make your way towards the front. Now I want every person that has an unsaved loved one that you want to pray for them before you leave the altar today. You've come to your altar of worship. You've come to the temple. And before you leave the temple and your altar today, you want to pray for unsaved family members. I want you to, I want you to move towards the altar. Come on. Unsaved family members, unsaved loved ones. They're on your heart. Come on, we're going to worship very softly, but we're going to worship. And we're going to pray and we're going to seek the Lord. I want everyone in this sanctuary, those watching in our online campus, I want you to cry out to God right now. Come on. We cry out to you, O Lord. Let all of the saints pray. Let all of the Christians pray right now. Father, save our nation. Turn America towards you. God, may there be passion and may there be desire, Lord, to rekindle the name of our God in America. Lord, I pray against the Ahab spirit that would grip leaders, oh God, to follow after Baal worship. And Lord, I pray that our leaders of America from local to national leaders, oh God, would see prophets stand up and preach the truth, God, in an uncompromising fashion with the love of God God pouring from our hearts and pouring from our lives to see a nation turn around. Lord, we seek you for America. We cry out to you for our lost family members, loved ones that have been drifting, loved ones that are cold, loved ones that have bought into Baal worship. Oh God, forgive them, Lord. 
cleanse them. We repent, Lord. We repent before you. every worshiper lift your hands and worship cry out to God come on lift your hands and cry out to God all over this sanctuary from online campus lift your hands to God cry out to God cry out to God for our nation for our families we surrender to you oh God
the time to lift up your voice to the Lord. Elijah prayed and God sent the fire. I want everybody to lift your hands right now. I want you to cry out to God for our families, our homes, our churches of America. Come on, lift up your voice. There comes a time that you've got to lift up your voice like a trumpet. You've got to cry and petition God. Come on, there comes a time that you cannot be quiet. The church cannot be quiet. Lord, we lift up our voice. I want everybody right now, come on, lift up your voice and cry out to God. Lord, send an awakening to America. Send revival to America. Lord, burn the passion of your spirit in our hearts. Lord, I pray for a visitation of God this July, the rest of this month, through the month of August, oh Lord. God, we are declaring a mighty moving of the Holy Ghost and fire, the Spirit of the Lord to consume us with your presence. We want your glory to be manifest. We want your glory to come to the church, come to this nation once again. Oh Lord, for a mighty visitation, for a mighty move of God. We cry out to you, O oh Lord. We cry out to you to awaken your people, to awaken the church across America. Awaken your bride in this hour. Stir up the slumbering cords. God, those, those embers that have dwindled, O oh Lord, fan into flame the fire of God upon the altar of God. O oh Lord, we cry out to you. Like a rushing wind, oh God, blow across those embers. Spirit of the Lord God, we welcome your work. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Well, I want everyone to just welcome the Holy Spirit to the wind of God to blow upon our lives to refresh us. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 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 Lord, awaken Israel spiritually this week. Awaken Israel spiritually, O oh God, as we are blessing Israel as we're praying. Everyone pray over Israel right now. Lord, your spirit fell in that land on Mount Carmel. Lord, on that mountain, the fire of God fell. Let that fire fall once again in that land. God to consume the idolatry and to point Israel back to her God to open her eyes O oh Lord to Jehovah God that Baal is not needed Ashtaroth is not needed Chamosh is not needed Molech is not needed they need the Lord God Almighty in battle I want everyone in this room I want you to just now let's lift up praise to the Lord our God is mighty in battle come on praise Him Praise Him. Our God is mighty to send revival, mighty to send the fire, like a rushing mighty wind.
Jesus said, those that worship me will worship in spirit and in truth. That's that passage. Amen. 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 We're not going to seek other mountains to worship at. We're going to worship at the mount of the Lord. Amen. Is that, that's a good passage, sister. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, I take this word and seal it in all of our hearts and lives. God, may we look for opportunities to be the salt and the light this week. Burn within us, Holy Ghost. Burn within us, Spirit of the Lord, that false idols and false gods will not become our passion, but we will burn a flame for you, that we will be like torches, oh God, full of your Spirit, to light the darkness where you send us this week. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hug about five people. And don't forget to be back tonight. Amen. Pastor's preaching on the fire of God. Amen. Hallelujah.